Um, hello, everyone. Uh, on behalf of Ambit Capital, I thank the Loris management for giving us the opportunity to host their 2Q FY22 earnings call. Uh, on this call, we have Dr. Satyanarayana Chawa, founder and CEO, Mr. V.V. Ravi Kumar, executive director and CFO, and Mr. Vivek Kumar, senior general manager, investor relations. I now hand over the call to Dr. Satya for his opening remarks. Over to you, sir. Uh, good morning, Prasant, and uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, Thank you for joining us for our uh, Q2 and H1 FY22 results conference call. We are pleased to have this opportunity to update you on our progress and answer your uh, queries. I hope everyone and, and their family members, colleagues, friends are safe during this COVID pandemic. We continue to witness um, normal operations across our manufacturing units R&D center, and at our corporate office. At the company, we are committed to protecting health and well-being of our colleagues and their families. We continue to implement rigorous safety and housing measures across all locations without any complications. We continue to conduct regular testing for all the employees and provide work flexibility wherever possible. We are very thankful to all our colleagues for rising to this challenge and ensuring business continuity. We are excited to announce Laros Synthesis Private Limited, which is our CDMO subsidiary, has signed a multi-year supply contract with a global life science company, Zilukwaki. The deal entails complete drug development and manufacturing for a portfolio of niche APIs. Under this agreement, LSPL will use part of the existing capacity to manufacture and supply APIs and also set up a dedicated manufacturing site to cater to the demand. Part of the capex will be funded through long-term commercial advance, apart from sponsoring development costs. We believe this development and manufacturing agreement demonstrates our capability and mark a significant step towards our evolution as a valuable partner for global life science companies. We are also seeing additional opportunities in the CDMO space from few existing as well as new partners who are looking to diversify and de-risk their supply chain base. I would also like to briefly touch upon the recent manufacturing challenges in China, which we believe can have interim challenges to pharma industry, including fluctuation in the cost of APIs, availability of raw materials, and supply chain disruptions uh, along with higher logistics costs. We are closely monitoring situation relating to this while taking relevant course correction to fortify our business continuity and sustainability. Coming to our results, Q2 numbers have been slightly weak due to transient impact of channel destocking of our business. However, for H1, FI22, the operational performance were resilient overall as we continue to demonstrate healthy business mix and profitability. Our sustained traction in FDS and CDMO business was key drivers for the growth 
set up, and we expect the same divisions will continue as a growth in the future as well. We are well on course in our journey to expand and intensify our diversification plan as we double our growth in the coming years. We remain affirmative on our aspirational revenue target of a billion by FA23, and this will be supported by several approvals anticipated. And we made good progress in creating capacities across our four business segments to reach this aspirational goal. Moving on to our Q2 FA22 revenues, we achieved 1203 crores, showcasing a growth of 6% year on year. Um, when compared to H1, we achieved 17% growth um, year on year. To begin, I would like to share key updates on our formulation business. The formulation division reported a revenue of 493 crores, a healthy growth of 10% year on year for Q2. The contribution from the formulation segment has improved during the autumn half to 41% and compared to 35% in the financial year, FI21. Coming to the LMS business, we are seeing transformation across the region. During the quarter, we launched a triple combination of using penicillin alafenamide uh, after obtaining income approvals, and we expect to gradual ramp up for this product. Apart from the ARV LMS business, we have seen good growth in developed markets in North America and EU. We have seen a healthy market share increase in some of our existing portfolios in these markets. We continue to leverage our front-end presence in US for new product launches. During the quarter, we filed two andas and four in the first half of FA20. Cumulatively, we have filed a total of 30 andas. Out of these, uh, we have nine final approvals and nine tentative approvals. In Canada, we have 11 product approvals, of which we launched five, and we intend to launch two in the next two, uh, two quarters. In EU, we have validated the two products as part of the contract manufacturing agreement with the partner. We expect a significant upside in FA23 from these products, and we are also creating capacities to cater to the demand in the new formulation building. Medicine patient pool and Merck entered into a licensing agreement for Molaprovit um, for low and middle income countries. As you are aware, Laros and NPP have a very long and successful partnership in various HIV and FC drugs, and we will approach NPP for Molaprovit license as well. With a very good visibility in FDS uh, segment, we continue to invest in our capacity expansion. Um, as part of the de-bottlenecking, we uh, added 1 billion capacity uh, during the first quarter. And uh, additional brownfield expansion at the same side is going to add significant capacity in a phase manner, uh, starting from uh, Q4 uh, with this, we will achieve a 10 billion unit capacity in our formulation site. We continue to allocate critical resources to our research initiatives and investing in portfolio uh, based on complexity and scale. 
So far, we have uh, immediately delivery farms. We graduated into developing sustainable farms and some complex uh, um, generics as well. This uh, overall R&D spend to the sales for the quarter and H1 was at 4% of our revenue. We have a total of 66 production R&D pipeline, either in review or in development, having a very significant addressable market size. We have filed 30 handouts in the US, 11 dossiers in Europe, 15 dossiers in Canada, 8 with WHO, 4 in South Africa, 4 in India. And we have filed several in the other African markets. Out of the 30 handouts filed in US, we have 14 Terra 4 filings with 10 positive file opportunities. Our approach remains product specific and not market specific, but was very visible in our filings across the regions of Europe and Canada. When it comes to generic API, our anti-referral business within the quarter was weaker than expected and declined. 11% year and year to 313 crores. Sequentially, the drop is higher due to continued demand stabilization in the channel as indicated in the last quarter itself. Business expects to stabilize in Q4. We continue to maintain leading market share in the product that we sell, so there is no concern with respect to market share or the, the cost of uh, the product or the capacities of the product. When it comes to oncology APIs, uh, we see good traction in the sales, although there is a decline in the uh, Q2, but we are not because of business challenges, it is only because of delivery uh, expected the customer. Uh, we see the by the end of the year, oncology will see a growth when compared to the packet 21. As you're aware, the company has one of the largest high-potent APA capacities in India. We also added a new capacity during the uh, first half of this year, and we're further expanding the capabilities in high-potent manufacturing in Unit 4 located at Ushakhatman. Our aim is to strengthen global leadership in some of the existing products by focusing on capacity and battery integration. In the generic API segment, other APIs uh, predominantly constitute of cardiovascular, uh, diabetes, and some uh, asthma products. Um, regarding the 8% growth year on year, and there is a decline of 20% uh, in the first half of the uh, FA20. This decline has nothing to do with business opportunities, is only the scheduling of uh, the deliveries by CMA partners. And we do believe uh, this segment by the end of the year will see uh, significant growth. When it comes to the uh, CDMO synthesis business, we maintained a very strong growth and delivered 34% year on year during the quarter to achieving 155 crore sales. For H1 FA22, CDMO business grew over 60% year on year. As I mentioned, our contract with the global life science company will 
take this region to much higher heights um, in the coming years. Strong growth year-on-year was led by sustained new client division and increased businesses from existing customers also. We are pursuing several active projects in the late-stage chemical programs. And as we indicated, there are four products we supply on a commercial scale. We are also doing capacity expansion for this division. And we commercial LSL units one as Wi-Fi during the quarter one. This will cater to the exclusively CDMO activities for the division. Our greenfield investment to set up the dedicated R&D at the General Valley Hyderabad will be completed by FA23, by end of FA23. And uh, we're also putting up two new manufacturing units at Vizag under the subsidiary. These units are expected to be operational by FA23, and the commercialization will be done during FA23. These sites will have capabilities to handle steroids, hormones, hypertrophic molecules, apart from very large volume molecules. When it comes to Laros Bio, this, this division achieved sales of 26 crores for the quarter and 40 crores for the H1 effect engine. On a quarter on quarter basis, the business is scaling very well as per expectations and has grown over 80%. That is mainly due to the availability of the new fermentation capacity. During the quarter, we have commercialized using the second fermenter, taking the total fermentation capacity to 90 kL at R2. In the remaining capacity, two fermenters are under qualification and are expected to get commercialized before December. The capacity will be used for large-scale CDM of food protein. We also going for expansion at uh, R1, adding a new very large R&D block, and also already started uh, installing some balancing equipment at R2. This will be done by uh, September 2020. We are also in the process of acquiring additional land to meet our customer demand in the uh, recombinant At Laros, our focus on ESG, quality and regulatory compliance, to drive sustainable growth and further bolster our pipeline. This will lead our journey towards our vision, apart from our strengthening core values. Manufacturing capacity is required to achieve our aspirational revenue of a billion in sales by. FI23 are already available with us. And some manufacturing facilities will be qualified by March 2020. If you receive ANDAS approval as we anticipated, we don't see any challenges in achieving our aspiration target of 1 billion revenue by FI23. With that, I would like to hand it over to Ravi to share some financial highlights. Uh, thank you, Dr. Satya, and a uh, very warm welcome to everyone for our uh, Q2 and H1 uh, FA22 earning cost. The total income from operations for the quarter is at uh, 1203 crores, as against 1140 crores, showcasing a growth of 6%, whereas for the half year, 
it is a 17% growth gross margin for the quarter is around 56% uh, which is equal to the corresponding quarter our ebitda is at 348 crores for the quarter with a margin of 29% our ebitda for h1 is 748 crores with a margin of 35% so we remain confident of achieving close to 30% ebitda for the full year our diluted eps for the quarter is 3.7 uh, 375 non not an annualized basis uh, there is uh, for h1 it is 8.2 our ros is at 29% on annualized basis so on the back of sustained operating leverage across uh, all our manufacturing units on the capex front we invested close to 242 crores uh, during the quarter and uh, 580 crores during h1 we remain on course to strengthen our position as a cost effective integrated form of player we are investing in backward integration efforts in making intermediates creating further apis and fds capacity as you are aware that we have embarked upon a significant growth capex of 1500 to 1700 crores uh, for fy 22 and 23 in two years time we want to update you that most of the investment across the key projects on track and we expect to be in the similar range for the two years Uh, and we will give you an update by end of the uh, financial year so where we will be for the the next year given that we are at the start of the festive season we would like to wish you all a very happy and uh, safe for diwali and prosperous diwali for all of you uh, and with this i would request the moderator to open the lines for you thank you very much we will now begin the question and answer session Anyone who wishes to ask a question may press star and one on the touchstone telephone. If you wish to remove yourself from the question queue, you may press star and two. Participants are requested to use handsets while asking a question. Ladies and gentlemen, we will wait for a moment while the question queue assembles. first question is from the line of sudarshan padmanabhan from jm financial please go ahead yeah hello thank you for taking my question so uh, my question is so you know to understand the, the situation more as far as the uh, you know raw material availability is concerned i think across the industry people are talking about it uh, and from what i understand is there has been a substantial increase in the base material in the second quarter and further increase say in the month of october so in this backdrop and given that we have also been backward integrated quite you know aggressively uh, how much uh, you know do you think that incrementally in the third quarter you know you see you know issues both in terms of price escalation and availability for us thank you mr padmanabhan um, the dramatic price increase is uh, especially visible in the solvents and uh, utility costs also gone up significantly the increase in these prices will be visible only 3 4, 4 months from the day we start buying the solvents because of the inventory in the pipeline as you are also 
Yes, the gross margins for the quarter were very healthy when compared to previous quarters. That was primarily because of higher revenue contribution coming from synthesis and FDR. And in the case of ARVs, most of the ARVs are under a long-term contract uh, to other formulators as well as in the FDF space. We will maintain similar prices to our partners. I am not saying same prices. We will maintain similar prices. And uh, we have built significant inventory. You might have seen our inventory also gone up by close to uh, 300 crores. Uh, that was primarily because we are having a lot of fair inventory. Uh, actually, that is good for us because uh, the ARU business uh, will be um, uh, will continue to boom uh, because of uh, moving from 30s to 90s. Uh, we do believe a lot of restructuring is happening in the uh, various countries. Once that uh, issue is over, the ARU business will continue to be back on track, and our inventory will certainly help us to serve uh, the demand with our customers. And with respect to China, I mean, how much would be the dependence on China, sir? And in the other businesses apart from ARV, is it possible for us to pass it on? The dependency on China um, right now is close to 50 percent for us. So 50 percent of raw materials we buy from China, um, and we don't buy any intermediates. We all intermediates are made in house, so that way. We are insulated from uh, the fluctuations to a great extent. Our, our uh, challenge is only to monitor the prices of the solvent, which is a global phenomenon, not limited to a country. Other than that, uh, because of our uh, initiatives and also capacity creation for, for the data integration, uh, we are in a better position than people who import from uh, intermediates and buy APIs from other countries. So my second question is, uh, you know, two things. I mean, it's basically two parts. Uh, one is, you know, we are feverishly adding a lot of capacities and we have signed this long-term contract on the CDMO space, which lends a very good comfort as far as future growth is concerned. The second is, if I break the cost, I mean, below the gross margin, because of the lower than expected ARV sales, we have seen some kind of a negative operating leverage. And also, so I would assume that the transportation cost, as you said, would be higher. So as we move to the second half, number one, do we see, say, an MDS or, uh, you know, the cramped business picking up and offsetting some kind of ARV loss? And how do we see, second, is cost control? Is there a possibility of absolutely control, you know, controlling certain costs, given that we are facing some of these issues? Bryce was not very clear, but uh, if I go uh, uh, grasp what we were asking, see, the second half, uh, the ARVs will pick up, uh, especially the Q4. We don't see any challenges to go back to uh, the Q4 of FI uh, 20, um, 21. Um, so we, we are very confident, and uh, we are also confident because of uh, enough capacities we created enough inventory in the pipeline for us. Uh, we are very confident to service the ARV growth in 
future. Coming back to your uh, question of uh, grass margins, I see uh, grass margins are very healthy. Um, 30 basis point reduction when compared to the quarter on quarter and one hundred basis points variance to the um, year on year. So we are not having any concern to maintain that grass margin uh, despite of uh, these challenges because of uh, shift in revenue contribution coming from uh, FDF as well as ten percent business. I am talking about uh, margins below the cost margin, sir. That is uh, the operating leverage. So, again, uh, should the volumes more than offset uh, the kind of drop in ARV in the second half? So, I am specifically talking about, uh, you know, the cost, the other expenses. So, is there a way where we can control that cost? So, in the, in the Q2, we had a negative leverage, actually. We have less ARV sales, we produce more in the API. So, despite of having higher grass margin, same grass margin, we had a lower EBITDA. That is because of the leverage in the operation, because without selling, we produce more. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, this so will that improve in the second half? Suggestion, your voice is not clear. Uh, can yeah. you just rejoin? Okay, sure, sure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. The next question is from the lineup, Tushar Manudane from Mutilaloswal Financial Services. Please go ahead. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Sir, on the FDF front, while we had capacity expansion and even new launches uh, happened during the quarter, but quarter on quarter, in fact, the FDF sales have declined a bit. Uh, can you explain that? The decline in um, FDF sales is not significant. See, quarter on quarter, uh, Q1 we did 521 and um, uh, Q2 we did 495. So it's not significant. Uh, if, if you look at uh, um, uh, year on year, uh, we did from 450 to 495. And uh, we don't see any challenge to utilize our uh, additional capacity in the next financial year. And as we mentioned, uh, we are creating capacity to uh, service our demand in efficient degree. Okay, so you mean to say that FY22 would be more or less at a similar run rate as the capacity or rather commercialization will start having uh, fruits in FY23? New revenue, new revenue coming from the brownfield expansion in the site will come from FY23. The debottlenecking capacity will come handy in the six, in the Partly came in um, uh, H1 and fully in H2. Actually, the, the, uh, coming from Q3 onwards, Q3, Q4, our formulation lines are running uh, at uh, very, very optimum capacity. Got you. And just extending to that, like, so with this, uh, uh, you know, your uh, lines uh, operational fully, Given that we had the kind of so other expenses and the employee cost to also then uh, you know uh, increase in line uh, in the upcoming quarters. Uh, maybe I think uh, slightly maybe higher side, Pusha. Uh, uh, so we started recruiting people for the Brownsville um, expansion already, but see. H2 will be better than H1, we believe uh, in formulation because uh, we have more visibility in what we are going to produce in 
two triangular keyboard. Secondly, on the, while you have alluded that 50% of raw materials are procured from China, but how has you uh, how has been the price uh, changes for these uh, raw materials which are procured from China? Let's say over past six to nine months, what percentage approx increase would have happened? See, as I mentioned, we are more concerned on the volatility in the salient prices rather than on the intermediate starting metal prices from China right now. And this all one should be contributing to what percentage of your total raw material cost? Mm, about the single digits, the So in the single digits. Understood. And just lastly, on uh, capex, while we have almost about 580 crores in first half, and given that it's on 1500 to 1600 over FI 22, 23. So uh, just trying to understand how much capex would you be doing in the second half of FI 22? Uh, so sure, actually, the, uh, what we are saying is uh, the whatever guidance we gave, 1700 crore, majority will be there in the current year itself. Oh. See, in the first half, whatever 518 is there, that includes the large portion of land what we have acquired for uh, both subsidiaries as well as for the parent. Understood. That helps. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. The next question is from the line of Dilip Sahu, an individual investor. Please go ahead. Mr. Sahu, your line is in talk mode. Kindly go ahead with your question, please. As there is no response from the current participant, we move to the next question from the line of Ankush Tagarwal from Search Capital. Please go ahead. Yeah, hi, Dr. Chawa. Thank you for taking my question. So, firstly, in Q2 of last year and also in Q3 of last year, you have stated that the rise in our AIV business is not because of channel stocking at our customer's end. But now you're seeing channel destocking at our customer's end, which you expect going forward as well. So what explains this contrast? Can you just repeat the question? So last year in Q2 and Q3, when our AIV business jumped quite a lot, you had mentioned that uh, this rise you believe is not because of channel stocking at our customer's end. But this quarter, you're seeing channels be stocking at your customer's end, and going forward, you expect the same to play out for at least a quarter. So what explains this contrast? Ch channel stocking, yeah. You, last year, uh, when we have a more revenue, the question is that the channel stocking, uh, someone asked the question of channel stocking, we said no. But now, why it is uh, channel stocking? That is the question, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, the one reason is, I said there are two reasons. One is, most regulators and the country health authorities move from multi-month distancing. From 30s to, they move to 90s. So, suddenly there was an uptick in the number of units they procured to give to multi-month multi distance, that is one. Um, and then partly shift from uh, uh, FRN-based regiment to JLW regiment, as you also left some uh, channel, uh, the inventory of FRN-based regiment, uh, it took some time for the that regiment inventory to be distanced. So these two happened in the uh, last six months. 
So do you think uh, the AI business can scale back to those kind of numbers going ahead? From Q4 onwards, we do believe uh, the we'll go back to the Q4 of FY21. Yeah, we were very confident on that. Right. So, secondly, uh, uh, just a clarification. You mentioned that on the AI business side, you are not expecting to pass on the prices like the cost price, uh, and you will be maintaining similar prices to our customers. Was uh, was it? Um, we. Do have the ability to pass on part of the uh, cost increases to the customer. We are already uh, passing to them, but the new orders what customers will play. For the existing orders what they have placed, we are honoring at the same price. That is the kind of reputation we built in the industry. See, if the orders are placed because um, and we never went back to customer renegotiating. For the new orders, we are already uh, negotiating and we will certainly pass on. Uh, Uh, the pricing is partly, if not fully. And this is for the both ARP, CPI, and FDI business, right? That's in the ARP, API space, not in the FDI. Not in the FDI. Okay. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. The next question is from the line of Krish Mehta from Inam Holdings. Please go ahead. Uh, thank you for taking my question. So I have two questions. The first is, uh, could you share the number for the share of non-ARV revenue for the quarter? Non-ARV API revenue for the quarter uh, is twenty-three plus one one five. What do you? What do you? What do you uh, in the API space, out of five twenty-seven core, thirty-six percent of API revenue came from non-ARV. And for the entire business. And then, for the entire business, including FDI. Uh, uh, so you're not. Uh, uh, I don't have a number right now. We're not proposing that. Okay, and I just wanted to clarify on the capex for Q2. Could you please just restate that number? Krish, uh, can you please speak louder? Uh, it's not very clear. Sorry, for the capex for Q2, could you please share that number again? You are asking capex for Q2. Yeah. Capex for Q2, the uh, what we are saying is the majority of 1700 crore. What we have guided for the two years will be spent in this year. So maybe in uh, close to the uh, maybe in maybe for full year we may spend around thousand uh, crore. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. The next question is from the line of Hari Dhamat from Spark Capital. Please go ahead. Good morning. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, on the formation side, uh, we are expecting to complete the downfield expansion of four uh, billion tablets by the end of this year. So, uh, can we expect revenues from the expanded capacities from uh, early FY23, or should we wait for a period of filings? Or site transfers and inspections before we start commercial supplies from the expanded capacity. If you start giving revenues from FY23 itself, we don't need any new site approval. Uh, we are having a um, planning to have inspections uh, required in uh, Q4 FY22 itself. Uh, already scheduled by the authority, 
So we don't see any challenges of product approval or regulatory approval to utilize our brownfield expansion in the formulations. Okay. And then uh, again on the formulation side, uh, uh, can you talk a bit about our filing strategy uh, in terms of you know, what are our priority areas? Will we go beyond oral solids or uh, will we stick to products where we have strong API capabilities? And then how should we think of R&D spends uh, in, in this context? Can you say just to um, you to bit more uh, elaborate on the question, I didn't get exactly. So, so currently our filings are almost entirely in oral solids. So we yes. think of going beyond oral solids into with the injectables and other dosage forms. We, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for clarifying the question. Uh, as of now, most of our commercial products are immediate release. Uh, only one is modified release. We are going into the modified release dosage form file, and we are also developing more complex generics, which we will file one by end of FF23, another one in uh, 24. Uh, apart from the oral college, we also are clear on going into sterile uh, manufacturing, and uh, our R&D will be ready by uh, Q, end of Q4. And for that, uh, uh, we started recruiting uh, talent and we are building a portfolio and some partnerships too. So, uh, after we decided to go into other delivery farms, uh, but uh, into industry. Okay. And last one, if I may. Uh, so, uh, on, on Moldesiravir, uh, we mentioned that we will look at uh, getting a license from NTP, like we've done in the past for other products. So, uh, what are the next steps and, and what's the kind of uh, timelines that we should think of uh, in terms of licensing? The timeline is only expedition. So, uh, FDA should approve uh, in their 30th November meeting, and then the local uh, regulator, DCGI, has to be approved. All our files are pending with DCGI. We do hope they will take a decision after FDA approves. Um, by uh, end of November, and uh, if approval comes, we are uh, ready to uh, take the uh, opportunity. And it will be supplying in India as well, along with the NTP uh, designated regions. Because you know that many people will approach NTP for licenses. As I mentioned, we have a very long successful partnership with NTP. Um, probably uh, very challenging to say whether launch will happen in this quarter, but definitely we do hope for the product will be launched in the, uh, across the low, middle income countries by January, for sure. Thank you very much, sir. That's all for Thank you. The next question is from the line of Nitin Agarwal from Dam Capital. Please go ahead. I, uh Morning. Thanks for taking my question. Uh, Dr. Chava, you mentioned in your opening comments about the billion-dollar aspirational target for FY23. You're saying that you don't see any issues in achieving that, subject to uh, the timely U.S. FDA appro uh, NDA approvals. 
So, uh, so is this uh, is this a target for us contingent on some few specific approvals, uh, largely contingent on that, uh, you know, which makes it uh, substantive to, uh, to to these? The majority of the capacity what we're getting in the formulations will be placed for uh, to our partner in Europe, where we actually we they have done site transfers already, include our site in the um, their dossier. Um, files are under review, so regulators already scheduled a visit to our site in the calendar, first calendar year, first quarter of the calendar year next year. Um, we don't see that will be a obstacle in commercializing our products. Okay. And sir, on the uh, US FDA that you mentioned, uh, are there any large approvals which are pending uh, approval from the FDA that uh, you know that may impact our target? There were uh, three, four approvals pending, uh, but not uh, because of. Uh, Facility inspection. There, there was a query from the DMS and ANDA, but then in the normal course only. So uh, we do expect uh, significant approvals coming in uh, next six to nine months. And sir, on the synthesis business, two questions. One is A, on the, the, the contract that you announced uh, that you've signed up. Uh, so by when does the full impact of this contract start to get visible and how meaningful can it get versus the current size? We can't give you specific, but we are investing uh, um, already with existing investments. We are investing close to 450 in that uh, to service that contract. And uh, we do hope uh, full potential will be released by FI-25. FI-25. And sir, uh, apart from this uh, particular contract that you've signed up, uh, uh, how is the, the traction on, on the other uh, potential partnerships or contract or, or, uh, or pipelines or products? Very good, actually. So we were very bullish on our CDM division uh, than we were bullish on previous. We were bullish previously, but now we are even more bullish on this division. That is the reason we are uh, investing more into this division. Um, we have uh, very interesting projects in the pipeline, um, and we are adding more resources in R&D also for the division. So the division do very well um, this year as well as uh, in the years to come. Okay. okay. And uh, these would be again, uh, as you mentioned, in the uh, in the category of uh, of steroids and uh, and uh, the high potency molecules, largely these business that we're getting. It's a combination, the combination of, you see, we have the largest capacity to handle iPotent. Um, that became our uh, unique offering and large volume. So it's a combination of uh, potent molecules as well as large volume molecules. It's a combination of both. Okay, okay, thank you. Thank you. The next question is from the line of Cinderella Carvalho from Centrum Broking. Please go ahead. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, sir, uh, just to uh, take on the synthesis side, uh, earlier you had mentioned that we have two molecules in phase three. Uh, could you help us with some more details and any update on those? 
and the outlook ahead. As of from last quarter, this quarter, there is no further update from those two months. They are still in the phase three, no further updates available. Okay. And uh, sir, if, if we understand the raw material inflation, uh, which is ongoing, uh, what is our sense uh, as of now? And how do, do we have any mitigation strategy or these being the basic solvent kind of variety? We have to wait until this uh, storm settles down. So how should we look at uh, these uh, raw material inflation scenario as of now? And what is uh, your sense on it, if you could help us with that? The mitigation strategy is to backward integrate, to make improvements that we already achieved. And other mitigation strategies have very good inventory so that you uh, will not be vulnerable to the disruptions in supply chain. That also we have uh, done. The other one is uh, you can't make solvents and reagents. So that's where a lot of volatility we have seen. And uh, we are closely monitoring. And uh, if there is a significant volatility, partly we will pass it down to our customer for future orders for sure. But sir, on the backward integration side, uh, would we need any additional capex, or is it something that we're planning, uh, or is it already done? Already done. We don't need. We are not uh, investing additional capex to do this because this, this is part of our strategy which we are um, which we have executed or executed right now. And so, uh, so just uh, to carry forward this, if we look at any ARV tenders, uh, which would be upcoming uh, with these inflationary uh, costs also, would be part of uh, uh, those tender pricing? Any update, any thoughts on that, sir? These tenders are multi-year uh, tenders, so um, we have to wait and watch and all the pricing will move. Right, right. And uh, sir, if, if we have to uh, uh, take the uh, ARV business, how would the volume traction, any demand scenario change that you are seeing uh, given the slight weakness that we have observed? Demand was less during the Q1, Q2, and we do expect the uh, by end of Q3, uh, the demand will pick up, and Q4, we do believe it will be uh, quite normal. Yeah. Okay, and so one clarification on Molnupuravir uh, with NPP. This would be uh, for the LMIC market, right? Uh, and on the formulation side, if I understand it correct? Yes, it will be for the LMIC markets for uh, formulations, yes. Right, and the API would be sourced from uh, Merck's exclusive supply, right? Uh, I, I didn't get your last your point. Right. I'm saying the API API for Molnupuravir will be sourced from Merck's entity, no, or it will, will be also yeah. working on the API side for the formulation. As part of the agreement, API manufacturing can also be done in notes, and we will do it now. Thank you. The next question is from the line of Samir Dosani from Carnelian Capital. Please go ahead. 
So just wanted to clarify one thing. So uh, we have seen that uh, there, there, is, there exists a technology uh, in the sense that uh, in uh, you know we can do, there are uh, drugs uh, which can be given uh, by way of injectables, uh, which which uh, replaces your three to six months of tablets that we are giving in LMIC region. So do you think that uh, technology is going to impact us, and what is your risk? Uh, you know. Uh, uh, a mitigation strategy in this, which is related to ARB drugs that we have, right? So. Um, I'm sorry, I we couldn't uh, get your question. So, for the ARB drugs that we give in LMIC region, there is already uh, technology uh, existing uh, where uh, you can give an injectable that will suffice for three or three to six months of, uh, uh, you know, Tablets that uh, that are given to all the uh, patients, right? So, do you think that is a big concern, and what is your risk mitigation strategy in this sense? Samir, your question is not clear. Can you please uh, speak close uh, to the microphone? Uh, Mr. Samir, uh, sir, may we request you to rejoin the queue once again, sir? Okay. Till then, we move to the next question from the line of Aditya from Carlai. Please go ahead. Uh, hi, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, I just wanted to clarify on a couple of things. Uh, what percent of the raw material costs would the solvents be? Yeah, our uh, purchase of solvents in the overall class uh, is, uh, I would say, between 5 and 10 percent. It's a single digit. So, yeah. Five to ten percent, you said, right? Yeah, depending on the product. So it's between five and ten percent. Sure. And uh, over the last six to nine months, uh, what is the kind of inflation that you have seen in those prices? The significant increase in price happened in the last two quarters only. Yeah. Um, so some solvents went up by ten percent. Some solvents went up fifty percent. Some solvents went up by two hundred percent. Okay. So it, it, it very, some solvent prices are gone down. For example, ethanol prices uh, were quite stable, rather it was a little lower than what we anticipated. Um, some solvents went up significantly, which are uh, um, petroleum derivatives went up significantly. And the GM impact of this price increase, according to you, will be visible uh, with a lag in, in, in a month or two, uh, given uh, that will get built into the inventory, right? If you look at, uh, as we are saying, uh, the RAM solvents contribute, say, well, let's take a number, 6-1%, and 10% uh, uh, of it is 5-7%, 20% is 1%. So I, I think this will not disrupt the overall uh, uh, graph margin level. This may influence, uh, but this will not disrupt. And on the formulation side, are you seeing any uh, cost pressures as well? Um, so majority of work, our, our revenue coming from uh, LMIT, ARV, and uh, contract manufacturing to uh, European partners, sales in uh, Canada and US. Uh, we fortunately haven't seen much uh, pressure on the pricing as yet. Thank you. 
The next question is from the line of Gagan Tareja from ASK Investment Managers. Please go ahead. Yeah, uh, good afternoon. Am I audible? Uh, Sir, so if you can speak closer to the answer, please. Your voice is not audible. Yeah, am I audible now? Yes, sir. This is better. Okay. Uh, so, sir, my first question is uh, around the API contracts that you have talked of on on uh, in 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 your presentation. Are these off patent or do they uh, are are they on patent and you are going to supply for them? Um, it's a combination. Okay. Uh, uh, sir, uh, since a lot of your future, uh, foreseeable future opportunity uh, uh, for growth comes from one, uh, this contract, and the other is the EU supply contract, which I presume will be an off-patent formulation contract. Uh, are the margin profiles for, for, for these supplies comparable to to what you have currently or are they you know uh, uh, different or markedly different from that now we don't see any margin contraction by entering into the cmo partnership whether in formulation or pi we don't have that challenge yeah thank you the next question is from the lineup, Nimesh Mehta from Research Delta Advisors. Please go ahead. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, just wanted to clarification. So you mentioned that the formulation sales will come back to the Q4 FY21 level. But that is roughly about 430 crore, which is lower than what we have reported right now. So does it mean uh, that we are... Uh, Nimesh, your voice is not clear. We couldn't understand. Yeah, is this better now? Uh, so better, but, uh, uh, Mr. Nimesh, if you can take the phone off speaker, please. Yeah, this is better. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, my, my I, I just wanted one clarification on the formulation sales. You mentioned that, uh, uh, you know, our sales will come back to Q4 FY21 level, which is actually much lower than what we have reported today. So, Q4 FY21 was... 430 crores versus say 495 crores you reported. No, when I said we'll come back to Q4 521 number, but for ARV API, not for the formulations. I see. That's ARV API. Okay. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry. So, uh, any, any broad items on the uh, formulation sales on the, on the same side? Formulation sales, if you look at our Q2 itself, we have done much more than our Q4 FY21. The Q4 FY21, we did 430 crores. In Q2, we have done 490. So we are not comparing our uh, formulation numbers um, with the Q4. So uh, as I mentioned, the Q3, Q4, we do hope uh, to, uh, to do well in the formulation sales. Okay, understood. The second question is, again, you know, some clarification on the raw material pricing. You mentioned that we are not really exposed to pricing related to intermediates. Um, but we are exposed to solvent pricing. Uh, so does this mean that we are kind of fully backward integrated on the intermediate manufacturing? Yes. So, um, we can make it uh, clear. We don't buy any intermediates. Uh, everything is made in-house. Okay. Okay. Understood. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.
The next question is from the line of Harit Ahmed from Spark Capital Advisors. Please go ahead. Hi. Uh, thanks for the opportunity again. Uh, so on, on Norad Bio, uh, we've seen a good ramp up on a quarter-on-quarter -quarter basis. So uh, can you comment a bit on the margin profile of the business uh, uh, versus FY21? Have we seen an improvement now that the revenue run rate has picked up? And uh, if you could also give uh, some sense of the revenue potential once we have uh, all the four new reactors up and running. If you look at in the first half of uh, current conversion, we have done 40 crores in uh, bio. And uh, in the second half, we'll do more than the first half. That's our uh, clear. And the margin uh, um, is good. It's very good. And we can't give you specific numbers because we are not publishing margins for the division wise. Um, this is very good margin business for us. Okay. And, and, and uh, uh, the MSPL unit one, which we commercialized last quarter, uh, uh, how has the ramp up been uh, so far? And then uh, should we expect uh, FDA and other regulators to audit the facility in the near term? And then the, is the ramp up really uh, linked to these inspections? Mm. Can you just repeat the question? The first one we could get very well, but this one, we have challenges to um, understand the question. So on the MSPL unit one facility, uh, uh, is the ramp up really uh, correlated with the uh, audits by FDA and other regulators? Uh, FDA audits, you are asking? Yes. Uh, so FDA, see, we had a one uh, virtual audit by FDA for pilot plant. Uh, which was concluded uh, last few months back, and uh, um, they have sent a satisfactory letter because they have visited, so they don't give an EIR. So there are no pay approvals pending from the site, and uh, we don't have any pending inspections uh, from FDA because last inspections we had in 2019, uh, we don't have any pending inspections. None of our approvals are our. Partners' approval were held because sites were not inspected by regulators. Okay, okay. And the last one from my side. Uh, so the subsidiary NSPM that we have created, uh, will we be demerging our CDMO-related assets into this entity? Because you've talked about uh, independent existence for this uh, subsidiary. So just wondering if that is part of our uh, priority. We can get the question, um, uh, I, unfortunately, you can't give an answer because we didn't get the question. But can you repeat with the closure to your microphone or you remove your uh, speaker? I'll, I'll try again and try again. So, uh, LSP, uh, LSPL subsidiary that we have, uh, so, uh, you know, we've talked about uh, this subsidiary uh, getting into a stage of independent existence on its own. So, will we be consolidating our CDMO-related manufacturing facilities under this uh, subsidiary in, in the near to medium term? Is that something that we're looking at? We, we are not consolidating whatever the new manufacturing infrastructure required for the CDMO business. 
we are creating in a dedicated site cmo already utilizes capacities which are already available in the parent they will continue so it is not easy for us remove one manufacturing from one side to another side for these molecules so existing business they will continue to use the parent capacity but new capacity are created exclusively for the division i, I hope this answers your uh, question yes understood sir thank you very much thank you the next question is from the line of charulada gaidani from dalal and brocha please go ahead yeah um, my question pertains to in terms of cdmo uh, what is the contribution to revenue that you expect going forward in, in the past two, six months we have done 350 crores revenue in the cdmo um that is 15 percent yeah. so uh, i think for fy 23 we expect uh, it will be 15 percent and uh, it is going up so uh, we used to have 10 percent revenue now we want to fill uh we do hope uh, this business will contribute more uh, from fy 24 onwards when we commercialize the new sites this revenue uh, this division will start contributing more okay and how many customers do you have as of now we have good number of customers from virtual to smart biotech to big pharma um, we have good number of clients and we are adding a um, few clients as well new clients okay uh my second question pertains to fdfs uh, how many launches are you planning in fy 22 and 23 fy 22 we will launch only one more in us one in uh, two in canada but fy 23 we expect to launch five in us and uh, two in europe okay uh okay and are you are you witnessing any price erosion uh, especially in the diabetes uh, segment and cardiovascular and formulation in cardiovascular contract manufacturing so we are insulated from the pricing we also make api there so in the diabetes for europe also it is mostly contract manufacturing so you know at what price you produce api and you know what price we produce formulations so that way we are fairly insulated from the price drops uh, during the launch okay okay yeah all the best thank you thank you ladies and gentlemen due to time constraint we take one last question from the line of jay modi from mk global please go ahead yeah uh, good afternoon sir uh, i had a question pertaining to debt so from current level should we see our debt level staying where it is or uh, will it be tending downwards from here on hello yeah so you are asking in what is the debt level no sir uh, i am asking if from a current level of uh, 1800 crores will we be looking to pay down debt or maintain uh, at current levels uh, maybe it, it, will, it may increase slightly more by end of this year but from next year onwards it will come down 
ओके सर एंड व्हाट वुड बी अ करंट कॉस्ट ऑफ डेट सॉरी करंट कॉस्ट ऑफ डेट इज़ 5% ओके सर थैंक यू दैट्स इट फॉर माय थैंक यू थैंक यू आई नाउ हैंड द कॉन्फ्रेंस ओवर टू द मैनेजमेंट फॉर देयर क्लोजिंग कमेंट्स ओवर टू यू सर थैंक यू एवरीवन फॉर योर इंसाइटफुल क्वेश्चंस एंड वी विश ऑल ऑफ यू अ वेरी हेल्दी एंड सेफ फेस्टिव सीजन एंड हैप्पी दिवाली Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of